Hey, everybody. It's Mike Carlson from Podcast the Ride. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Scott Gairdner. Hello. And Jason Sheridan. Hey. And we've got a little announcement. We sure do. Yep. We're launching our new podcast on an app called Spoke to give Spoke. you three exclusive episodes. Can you believe it? Three. I can't. Yeah. Don't don't believe it, but it's true. Spoke is a new audio platform made by SiriusXM that creates podcast playlists to help you find new shows to listen to. Well, how does that work, though? Well, I'm going to explain. The Spoke team handpicks the best moments from tons of podcasts and creates playlists of clips so you can try a bunch of shows out and find something new to love. So they're all grouped by topics or themes is what you're saying. That is exactly what I'm saying. Thank you for figuring that out. Thank mm-hmm. you. I mean, you could try like a playlist that's uh, like about music being decoded when it's playlists with clips about unpacking and analyzing and figuring out how people make songs and what. why are they so cool, you know? They also have one uh, called Spoke's Perpetually Single Playlist, dedicated to podcasts about relationships, or lack thereof, in my case. Sure, Jason, don't put yourself down. I want to, I want to, all right. (laughs) (laughs) There's all sorts of things is what we're trying to say, and Spoke has, like, fun exclusive content from Feral, like our podcast. Uh, So you definitely don't want to miss these special episodes. Download Spoke now, free in the App Store or on Google Play. And be sure to check out all of Podcast the Ride's exclusive Spoke episodes at hearspoke.com slash podcast the ride. That's the address. Uh, Check it out. Spoke. It's time to spoke. Yeah, we're spoken. Guys, I want to tell you about a great sponsor I have, Bompus. They're premium high-performance athletic socks, and they're so comfortable, you're never going to want to take them off. And because socks are the number one requested item in homeless shelters, for every pair of socks purchased, Bompus donates one pair of those to those in need. Almost one million pairs donated to date. 15% off the first purchase of four or more socks, plus free shipping. So go to getbompus.com slash feral and buy some comfortable socks. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. I am. I said it as a question, but I'm fairly certain that is who I am. Uh, if you like my theme music there, that is a band called Les Blanks. Go to lesblanks.com and check them out. They're real good. They got good music. <laughs> That's how people in my hometown actually speak outside of Chicago. Not Chicago proper. Not that Chicagoans are known for their great grammar. Um, if you're a first-time listener to the show, thank you very much. Welcome. I hope you enjoy this. Uh, and it is just what the topic implies. It is a conversation... With me, Matt Dwyer, and I talk to uh, legendary musicians, uh, just incredible creative people, writers, artists. Uh, I also talk often will talk to an activist of sorts or an artist activist. You know, you get the combo platter. And uh, today I speak with Dorian Wood. Uh, he's an incredible composer, singer, musician, artist, and... Um, there's a song of his at the end of the episode from his uh, his new his new album. It's called "The Dirty Roof." That's the name of the song. That's the name of the album. And I I I got speechless there. Uh, Dorian Wood is an incredible. The man is a unique individual, and so is his music. And I I don't toss this word around often. <laughs> But I would go as far as to say I think he may very well be uh, a genius. And uh, check out his other music. Go to his website and check out his other music. Because it is, though that, you know, you you listen to it and you go, oh, that's Dorian Wood. It covers a lot of different feelings and moods and it's uh, it's really incredible. And uh, when I first heard the guy, it was just like, oh, what the hell is this? Like, it just, it grabbed me. So I'm very proud to have him uh, on the show. It is uh, quite an honor, and uh, I just, I really can't say enough good things about him as a human being or uh, his music and art, because he also, he also paints. But I don't want to ruin that to- story for you. Uh, it's, uh, you just have to listen. 
And uh, I won't do much more talking than the praise of Dorian Wood I did. I just, I'm really fried. I was in Atlanta doing shows for the last few days. And, uh, man, if you ever wanted to commit a slow, delicious suicide, just go to go to Atlanta and eat until your organs give out. I ate, like, fried chicken with biscuits and gravy. <laughs> I ate a double pork burger. Uh, it's just... And then, you know, the club just hands you free beer after free beer, so it gets uh, just uh, not... I just and then one day I tried to order a salad. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to be healthy and I'll get a salad, cheese and bacon." Just piled on with cream, cheese and bacon. <laughs> I was like, "Why this is just this is just bacon and cheese with like a little you know, a little dollop of uh lettuce." I don't know if you could do a dollop of lettuce. I was trying to think of another word, but I'm I'm I, I lack sleep. I I don't know. Atlanta was fun, great city, had a really great time, uh, but man, I would assume most people die of a heart attack by 30 in that town if they eat that way every day. Uh, that is it. This is the day before Thanksgiving 2014. I hope you all have a fine Thanksgiving. I was in hopes that I would uh, knock off some of this weight that I put on in Atlanta, but probably not. Because Thanksgiving is just going to be Atlanta crammed in one day. All right, that is, uh, but seriously, have a good Thanksgiving. I know a lot of people get, uh, always point out during Thanksgiving, like, yeah, we killed a lot of Indians and, you know, the horrible things that the United States of America has done in its history. And I do not deny such things. <laughs> I I am fully disgusted by Christopher Columbus. But, uh, and, the, you know, all that. But uh, I am also... Uh, you know, just in general, thankful. I have great friends. Uh, I have a dumb life where I get to speak to magnificent, wonderfully inspiring, creative people like Mr. Dorian Wood. Let's listen to this.
statement that there's no room for anger anymore in that that piece you wrote for huffington post oh god her yeah <laughs> but that but that i mean that article is great but that really is a truthful st- state like people seem afraid of anger these days yeah it, it's it's very true that's that is very true it actually ties in with something that i experienced on my tour uh, a few weeks ago I was in Holland and we played this amazing venue called Vera in Groningen. And the uh, the booker had been booking shows there since 1983. And he's seen absolutely everybody come through. And a very sad realization he had was that, you know, that music and I think really life in general is more about entertaining rather than there, there's a sense of danger and iffiness that I think is, is, is dismissed and, and almost, you know, and avoided for some, for some strange reason. And like certainly music, but I think also just, yeah, like I think that it really applies to, to anger. Like there's this very, 
there's this uh, uh, this extreme mindfulness that's put on just making things just very like just okay and fine <laughs> and you know words that were very uh, just like the kiss of death you know when I was growing up like I never that, that was that was to me like somebody telling you that you're doing a really shitty job <laughs> but you're an okay person but you're not gonna go out and kill anyone it's just that what you do isn't really great but it's not bad enough for us to condemn you that to me is just that kind of just oh just that gray area that is uh that's sought after so much and 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 I think with you know with the things that happen all around us these days there is no regard for for any action any any sort of extreme reaction to anything you you know there is no, you know, there's room for anger, and you end up just feeling like the angry drunk at a party, and <laughs> and you know, and that's you're, you're throwing punches at nothing, and then you're just, you know, you know, you end up going home, and you know, you you jack off and fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> that is very much like how I feel a lot, even you know. <laughs> well, I've had the observation too. It seems like people are afraid of passionate performance and, and passionate as well. Yeah. Like if you show too much emotion on stage or in some sort of performance, the people get, I don't know, they like, I, it's like, you know, we, we, there was the shoegazer thing for a while. Mm -hmm. Is that what they call it? Did yeah. I just show my age? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, uh, you know, it was, you know, my, my bloody Valentining it for a good portion of my life. <laughs> And I still do, <clears throat> but there, yeah, there, there, there is a, a very, I, I think it's a very high importance on, on gaining and retaining a certain type of popularity that is, that is on par with everyone else. And that usually entails liking, like, like, you know, hopping on trends and, you know, and staying on board and, and you know, the more you you hop on a trend, and as opposed to you know creating it, I think you know the more you are, it will be. You know, not uh, you know not unfriended, or you know, become some sort of digital pariah. Yeah, you were saying something about uh, when you when you were younger, like there wasn't room for that. Like people, it, were you saying like that they people embraced more aggressive, like from what you come from? Musically? There, well, yeah, there were there 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 wasn't really any um, the term political correctness didn't really exist in in mainstream culture, I believe, and you know you, <laughs> you know you beat your kids because you were a parent, and it wasn't because you were a bad parent. You just decided to have kids, and therefore, you know, sometimes you just that's what you did, you know, and you just you know you had to you know do certain things and. And that was not that I was ever. Oh my God, I said too much. No, I think there's <laughs> <laughs> there the the uh, anything that is deemed an extreme emotion right now. There seems to be an ailment for, like you know, if like you know, people who, who can't manage their feelings or, you know, are are many times people that are just very passionate about things. I know there's extremes to everything, but. You know, just because you're angry about something and, you know, I remember like when the Prop 8 bullshit was happening and, you know, that was something that deeply affected me and and I would go to these rallies and everybody would just kind of get together in West Hollywood. I'm like, why there of all places? I'm like, you know, it's like, uh, like why, why the safe haven where you're not going to make a difference? You're just going to meet other people to have sex with. <laughs> And, you know, and go dancing with them. I mean, it's just kind of that. And everybody was just happy. And, oh, family, joy. Yeah, we're making a difference in West Hollywood. I'm like, oh, God, really? And I would just, I remember being there. And I wanted to just throw something through a window and just, you know, create some sort of mayhem. And, and you know, my, my friends were there with me. And they're like, why are you so angry? Like, we're here. Like, you know, we're here. It's a gathering. I'm like, it's a gathering. <laughs> it's a gathering. So it was just really, like, just... Always feeling like you know, like the really, uh, yeah, like the angry drunk in the room, even though like you know, just <laughs> doesn't take much sometimes. But you know, I think people just don't either they don't acknowledge their feelings or 
they just they just don't get it. I don't know. God, that makes me sound even more like a conspiracy. <laughs> Is that what a, get me. A, attracted you to music, though? Because I mean, it's it's interesting. I'm, I've watched so many videos of you, and then I sit here with you, and you're very you're very calm. And <laughs> I mean, and then there's the person I see in the videos who is uh it's a quite different energy it is it is because that's that's you know that's that and that is i don't know that's not real that's not real life to me i you know my I, I, you know it's like for lack of a better term it's you know it's 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 therapy to do shit like that where you know i you know i I don't know. I think people take other, you know, other extreme behavior to heart um, to get certain things out there. And I just, I don't know. I, I, I put it in a video. I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I put on a wig and I, I do a lot of screaming and, or, you know, I just, or just take everything off and like, you know, I'm, you know, hey, everybody, I'm not wearing clothes. <laughs> you, type of thing. well, you seem to like, I don't know if you are consciously challenging things, but you definitely seem like you're challenging a lot of different things within your music and your videos. I think a lot of that is, you know, the way, you know, sexuality and the way women and men are portrayed in yeah. it's like, I love that. Uh, forgive me for not knowing the name of the song with the video, but the one that was uh, the uh, "Where Everyone's Naked," oh, <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're oh, grabbing on bodies. Uh, Thanksgiving and... video of last year. You mean? <laughs> How did that get online? Uh, the uh, "La Cara Infinita." Yes, that's... Yeah. that was. Yeah, the, you know that was something. You know that that was born out of extreme reaction to a lot of things that displeased me, and uh, oh. I may regret saying this one day, but I don't care. I, I think it's, you know, people go up there to like a clock tower and start shooting people. And to me, this is doing that in a way that isn't necessarily hurting anyone <laughs> physically. <laughs> but, you know, it, 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 it really it really is that. It's like, you know, you, you know, you feel things and you keep them pent, in, you know, pent up inside. And, you know, I'm, I, I acknowledge that. And like, you know, in, in, in day-to-day life, I'm, you know, in no way aggressive. I never really never raise my voice or you know punch anything it's but i think you know there's you know a blank canvas to work with with you know with those types of uh of tools and you know there's just i don't know there's just I, there's just a lot to say and and i'm grateful when people you know people seem to enjoy it but in the end, it's I'm too poor to pay a therapist for anything, and I'm, you know, and if people pay me to be, to you know, to give myself therapy, then that's you know, that's like a, a win-win. I hope. Yeah, I mean, the video and the song. I mean, everything you do is very engaging. Like it's, it, for me, when I first became aware of what you were doing, I was like, I mean, I was immediately like what the hell is this in the best way like i was like what the fuck is this and how did i not know about this and it's inc- i mean it's it's which i think is the best thing i can say about music is that you can't really just if someone's like what's it sound like you go uh it's its own <laughs> thing which is the best wow thank you um but it does that does that sort of does that make it a more difficult road for you a little bit i I suppose, you know, I, 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 I like, a, you know, I, a, a while ago, I just decided to stop comparing my, my trajectory to other trajectories and just realize that, you know, how, I, how I've done things is just how I've done things and how anyone else does things is just that, you know, that specific way. And I, I you know, I, I'm grateful that I get to do what I, what I want and, you know, it's, it's always nice to get paid to do that, you know, but that's really the only thing. Other than that, I can't really say that, oh, well, I haven't been able to really do what I want. And I just, I've found ways of doing that and always grateful to people who, you know, who hop along and, you know, just shoot down that road with me and, you know, and, and, you know, just the opportunity to keep expressing and just doing weird shit and is, is great. I mean, I'm... <laughs> How awfully dismissive is that of what I do? 
Um, oh, but, but I mean, your songs are like, I mean, they're major productions. It's not like you're sitting there with like a guitar and a. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Uh, they, they, some, some of the, some of the stuff I've done has been in in that way. I love large music. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm as, I'm as gay as they come. <laughs> I, I, I love a good show. I love a big production. You know, I love musicals. I, I've always loved musicals. I've, you know, I, I love, uh, you know, I love Scott Walker. I love just like that, you know, just grandiose music that is, you know, at times unhip. And I, I just love, I love lush, overproduced sap. And I, I, maybe I do draw inspiration from that, but just, you know, like from many, other, many other things. And, and I'll just get this idea and I just kind of start working around in my head and then just, you know, things just happen. People come on board and and then just, you know, we have an end result. And I feel really grateful when that happens. And that, like the last album that we that we did, Rattle Rattle, was like that. And it took four years, uh, I think because there was just really no budget, but, you know, we somehow made it work and. And, you know, and that was that, but I think the other, the other aspect to that is that, you know, once I created that, I, it took all of me to not just want to be like, okay, I want to do something else now and, and be like, okay, well, I, I'll, I'll need to like, you know, make videos, do these songs live and just kind of like, just take them a little further than what's just on the recording to, to further justify its existence. And, you know, I've been doing that for now, I guess almost two years and but you know, in the interim, I've also been working on new material and just new things and cranking out tons of stuff. And you know, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I, I find it very difficult to kind of stay in a specific format, and and sometimes it's just a little, a little too, uh, too temporary in my mind when I, when I when I find something that works and I'm like, okay, well that worked for exactly 10 seconds, you know, on to the next 10 seconds. And <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not a, it's, it's never boring. <laughs> but <clears throat> What do you think sort of made influenced the, that your approach? Because from what I gather, I mean, you have had sort of a, you've moved around a lot as a kid, uh, was your father not around, or was it? Uh... He was, he was, he was around when we were kids, and then things just kind of fell apart between my parents, uh, and you know, my dad decided to just uh, do his own. Actually, in in all truthfulness, both my parents each decided to do their own things. Um, you know, I think my father wore the. Uh, wore the jerk hat a little tighter than, <laughs> than any of us. But, uh, but they, you know, they each like, you know, he stayed in LA. My mom moved us to Costa Rica and we were there four years. And, you know, I was, you know, she pretty much took us kicking and screaming, but I was so grateful for the experience to be there for four years. And, you know, my dad just decided to form another life in LA and in the end, I just, you know, I mean, I still now, like, side with my mother more. I don't talk to my dad. And that also makes for for good onstage banter in between songs. <laughs> There's yet another song about why I don't like my dad. Oops, here's another one. You know, it's, <laughs> and people always, always respond. Wouldn't say favorably across the board, but they do respond and... That's better than unresponsive, I guess. How old were you when you went to Costa Rica? I think I was 12. 12, yeah. And then you started playing music at this point in your life? I started playing music when I was five. Oh. Yeah, my, gra my, my grandfather, he's a pianist, and he started teaching me when I was around five. I did my first recital when I was five uh, at USC, and that was... There are pictures floating around the internet of me in a very, very little <laughs> suit, little gray suit, taking a bow and and <laughs> my little chubby legs crammed into these like tight black dress shoes. It's too much. 
But I was, yeah, I did a, I, I, you know, I did a recital when I was five, and I was, I was on my way to really being a lot better at piano than I am now. And I just, in my early teens, I just kind of gave up, and I said, "Fuck this! I want to watch cartoons." And my grandfather's like, "You're gonna regret this. You'll regret this." I'm like, "I'll regret shit." And man, do I regret it! Now. <laughs> uh, I was I was playing Claire de Lune, and I was like ten, like perfectly. And then I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore, and I can't play it at all anymore. <laughs> so it's that's just uh, that's just what happened. But yeah, I've been playing since I was five, and perhaps singing since then too. But but yeah, music's always always been there. What kind of music did your grandfather play? He uh, he's he plays he's he's alive somehow, somehow still alive at ninety seven. Wow! He is considered to be one of the babies of the family too, because his older sister is a hundred and one, hundred and one, and still alive, and still alive. His other sister is okay. Now he's nine. Wait, his other sister is about to turn ninety nine. So he's 98. Wait, no, he's 98. She's 97. God, so many old people. <laughs> and all the time in the world, apparently. So they, uh, they, they my, my great-grandmother, their parents, lived to be 100 and, 109. Jesus. I don't know if I want to be alive that long. <laughs> Maybe. That's, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, if you, if consider if you spend your entire, your entire day eating pork, and watching TV, which is what she did. I mean, shit. I, you know, and and somebody told me, and you'll also get to live to be that long, and you get to do all like eat pork and watch TV. Yes, yes. <laughs> every I time I love, I love both those things a great deal. <laughs> I eat a lot of pork, but every time I do, I'm like, oh, you're just getting ready for that heart attack, aren't you, Dora? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, there's that little voice that says that, but you know what? Results. Results say you can also live to be 109 <laughs> if you got the right genes. So I don't know. Maybe like, you know, like this struggle with diet and bullshit. I'm like, well, maybe I should just eat pork and just kind of sit my ass down and watch everything. So, um, so he, that's, so, so I guess he plays, <laughs> anyway, he plays a lot of, uh, he plays a lot of classical. Um, he plays, a, he used to play in big bands in Costa Rica and Nicaragua, and then he moved to New York and he used to play locally there as well. And, and that's, uh, he doesn't like my music at all. Yeah, I read that. That's kind of, I mean, cause would you consider him like, I mean, he, he has to be an influence somehow on your music. Oh, enormous, enormous. So it was a blow. It was a, it was a, it was a pretty big blow when he told me, he's like, you know, I don't like your music. It wasn't not only do I do I not like your music. I don't think your music is meant to have any lasting power. I'm like, okay, well that is you know is a very very valid statement coming from you. And it was, and you know, and I just like like oh my god, like you know, like I don't just like why, but you did this, you did this to me. Uh, but he, <laughs> you know, he, in the end, it's all tastes and like, and I love what he does. And, you know, he does, you know, it's just, I don't know, like parents and grandparents aren't supposed to really understand what you do. Like if you do, then, you know, then you're Kenny G. <laughs> yeah. That was my first thought when I read that. It's like, as heartbreaking as that is, it is. It's like my mother has no concept of what, like, she just doesn't get a goddamn thing I do. And I'm like. She's a you know conservative Christian, so I'm like, thank God, right? <laughs> thank God, the one I don't believe in, but that she. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh my God, you can oh, I can only imagine what they laugh at. It's like, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> <sighs> but <sighs> but then doesn't he see that you go and you play Spain? I mean, he's got to have some kind of pride because I mean, he, didn't you just how you weren't you in Spain for like a month? Yeah, he's he, he's he's happy <clears throat> that I'm doing my own thing. I mean, it's he just really doesn't like to have to sit through my music. Which is fine, you know. I, I, I wouldn't do that to him again. I remember I, I played him my first album once, and he fell asleep, like you know, two minutes into it, and and then he, you know, literally the like the very last note played, and he woke up, and he's like, "Okay, I'm like, did you like that? Well, what did you think?" And he's like, "No." Well, there was that one song that I really liked. I'm like, "Yeah, I didn't write that one song." <laughs> But I really like that one. That one, the arrangement, the everything. That's that's a good one. 
thank you. Yeah, that's the one I didn't write. He's like, well, I like that one. Thank you. You go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was that was the last time I ever played in my music. But every time I go to visit, though, like he always asks me to just play. And I think at this point, like you know, his hands are shaking and he can't play as well as he used to. He still plays though. Like he'll be up at four in the morning just just practicing. And I'll go there and I'll you know, I'll play songs and you know just. He'll ask me to play standards. He'll ask me, like, what are you working on? I'll play that. And, and he'll just fall asleep. And I think it's just different now. I mean, you know, we're talking, like, you know, when, when we had that kind of, you know, real mutual realization of him hating my music and me, like, resenting him for it. We're talking, like, this was, like, 10 years ago, you know, back when he was a very youthful 88. <laughs> you know? So, like, now he's just, you know, very, very old. Gosh, it's funny because like the song you do with Angie Cree is is so beautiful. Like I'm kind of like, how could no one, how could like not everyone like this song? Oh, thanks. I think that's, uh, that was that was a really uh, that was really was really really strange how that that song even came to be though because you know and Angie had asked me to write a song for us. She's like, can you write a song for us? I'm like, sure. I love what you do. Sure, I, I'd love to. And in a couple of weeks, I'd written that, and and somehow it made sense to me to do something that was very gospel influenced. And then, uh, it's a song about really just doing drugs at the, at the end of the world. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think Angie is someone who would do that. And it was like the more I had Angie in mind, like the 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 thematic of the song just kind of started warping more and more. And then, you know, we're like, it, like the song is really about two people who lock themselves in a basement and start doing drugs, and just their minds start going as the end, like at the end of everything is, you know, is unfolding uh, all around them. And so I presented this song to Angie, and and it was. It, <laughs> I, I, she she was she was really happy to to work on it, but uh, she did tell me that there is the style of singing that required was required in the song. She's not used to doing that, and she even told me she's like, I wouldn't do this for anyone else. I'm like, I'm so honored that you would <laughs> do this for me because it's you know you sound really really great, and I, I I just you know she just really made that song just soar and. But it is, you know, just very, very different from like what I do. Because I love, you know, I love Korea Town's music and I love the stuff that she did with, uh, you know, with Tom Brousseau, uh, the, uh, when they had uh, Lay Shelley's. And, and I just somehow want, really wanted to do this song with her. And I'm, I'm so glad she was on board. And, and that was, uh, that was an ode, that song was an ode to many, many things. But it, ultimately it was just really this, high appreciation for Angie Korea, which it, it still is. When you, that's, see, that's another thing I love about your music, because it's not like songs is like, hey, it's a sunny day, I'm walking down the street. <laughs> it's, it's like, there's like stories, and there's depth, and there's, so it's, you know, that's what else makes it engaging, but how does that come about? Like, how are you like, alright, I'm gonna write a because you don't seem like a guy who sits in a basement and does drugs. <laughs> oh. I mean, I do drugs and I drink, but <laughs> right. So I'm not, but I mean, well, it's great to have this house with a basement now. It's the first house I've ever had with a basement. Um, <laughs> not that I want to go down there. There's spiders down there. I was scared of spiders. So I, I wouldn't go down horrified. there to do uh, to do uh, drugs down there. But, um, but you know, the living room is for living. Uh, I think <laughs> the. Uh, that process of writing songs is that is still a very uh very strange foreign place to me um i remember I, 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 I can't i said this to a friend the other day that i i'm always reminded of something that melvina reynolds said uh once where she said that you know people ask her where something along along the lines of where do, like where do you songs come from and and she said well if i you know if i knew where that place is i'd go there all the time and so in other words, like, you know, it's, I would never leave that place. And I just, you know, I don't, every song comes about in a very, very different way, but it's sometimes, you know, it's between the piano, the car and the toilet, <laughs> those three places, things always happen, you know, somehow. And like, 
it's like their Bermuda Triangle of, <laughs> of creativity. And that, that's, you know, everything like, you know, like, okay, I'll take this to the car. Okay, from the car, I'll take this to the piano. Wait, maybe I just need to go to the toilet a little bit longer and see <laughs> see how it sounds there. So, you know, sometimes, you know, it all just, you know, it all comes down the crapper. And, <laughs> and wow, I got three songs, you know, but it's, yeah, it, there, there's really no way of, um, I don't know. Well, Lenny Bruce said his best ideas all came on the crapper. Yeah. And that's where he died. That. So full circle, Lenny. Full yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, God, that's, that is something to strive for. <laughs> that really is. That really is. I think Judy Garland also died on the crapper. And I think, I think that's really, you know, it's, it's probably the most intimate place that anyone could ever wish for in life. There is nothing more intimate. Like you can even be like, you know, married with 10 kids and like, you will f always find solace in the crap. <laughs> Nobody will ever want to come in there. I heard, and I don't know if this is true, but I heard Louis Armstrong also practiced while sitting on the toilet, partly because oh, really? the, the use of the diaphragm pushed out the poops. I think. Oh, it's win-win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I always was fascinated by that idea of like, just Louis, a mad genius sitting with his pants. Like that's probably how some of those great songs came. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh wow. You kind of wonder also, like you know, how many people like you know who play instruments like that do it, and you should never touch anyone's instrument because of that, because it's probably filled with like, <laughs> you know, those spores. You know, like shit spores getting your toothbrush. You can only imagine. And that's the other reason why you should never ever use other people's cell phones because they always take them to the crapper with them. Oh, that's true. So unless you want shit ear, and I always think about that. Like I, you know, I I think we all have shit ear in one way or another. But if you want someone else's shit on your ear, then that's. Yeah, I once used my friend's laptop, and then my fingers smelled, I like vagina and i was trying to figure out how what happened i'm like oh my god he probably had sex with his girlfriend and then went to the laptop and now i know what his girlfriend's vagina smells like <laughs> <laughs> and i didn't i was just like kind of haunted by that because i'm like i shouldn't know this <laughs> the more you know <laughs> yeah where's that nbc spot exactly <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get back to the conversation here in one moment, but I just want to take out this time to uh, make you aware of, if you go to my page at feralaudio.com, the Conversations with Matt Dwyer page, and if you click on the Amazon link, and if you use that anytime you purchase things like uh, groceries, um, medicine, shampoo, DVDs, Feral Audio and Conversations with Matt Dwyer gets a kickback of that money, and that can help us uh, keep our lights on and buy equipment. I currently desperately need a new recorder so I can do more extensive interviews with more than two people at a time. Uh, this would help me out greatly. You can also donate through that donate button on my pages as well. Um, so if you really want to buy me a new Zoom recorder, that would be awesome. Thank you very much for listening. Back to the conversation. I was very interested in the. I, I keep going back to the article you wrote for Huffington Post, and I'm I cannot think of the artist's name that you started the the, the installation. I want to say, oh, Marina Abramovich. Yes, I wanted to say the Julia Roberts movie's name. Oh, oh, Aaron <laughs> Brockovich. That's what I, I'm like. That's that not was the artist installation. <laughs> but I'm. F I was in so intrigued by how. A major museum and a major artist would allow, because you said they wouldn't allow naked males, though there was a slew of naked women in this mm -hmm. installation, and it just mm -hmm. really offended me. And uh, and art shouldn't offend one in that sense. Right. Well, I'm glad it did. You're <laughs> one of the good ones. I uh, see. I, I the sad thing is, I could completely understand why that decision would be made. And what I don't understand is why it is that there wasn't a bigger stink created around that. And there were other factors about that installation that, that did um, stir up things. But that was like one thing that nobody really touched upon. And I, I mean, it was, it was, you know, it was a near blatant admission 
from the director of Mocha at the time that that was the reason why they they decided not to have nude males because nude males made businessmen feel uncomfortable. And I and I was just like, my God, my God, my God, what what is? Oh, how can how can this just be something that is so easily quoted and you know and accepted? I know. Thank you. <laughs> and the dog's upset. Everybody. Yeah, it's 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 upsetting. But it was um, that is just so you know representational of what is the norm, and that's you know that is something that is just how things are. I mean, I just like who. Those are the guys we should be offending the most, mm-hmm. but they're the cats with the dough. I can't believe I just said cats. They're the cats, <laughs> yeah. I just really digressed. I'm telling you, old chum. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that like chaps my hide. <laughs> but it's just like it's so like, and I, I like I've been watching a television series, and it's like it's chock full of naked women, but I'm like you never see naked men, and it's mm-hmm. just like it's such it's like. I just feel like we're going backwards now. Like it's yeah, yeah. It's well. I think it's it's been backwards for a while. I think, and I think, I think we'll keep going backwards until you know the day that women fucking take to the streets and start blowing people's heads off. I think that will be the only way that that things will finally like reach some sort of balance. Because otherwise, it's. I mean, it's just every single day it's ongoing in one way or another. And it is sad when it happens in the arts because you, you think that's like the most like elevated, cutting edge, you know, viewpoint of society. And it really just obviously when, when there's money involved, it, you know, it means very little. So, <sighs> but I, I mean, I am glad, though, that there is more of a backlash with stuff like that in in social media. And I think it should be. I know life is tough. But um, but I think uh, it's just important. I think it's really even important for men to be vocal about it. And men will always be men. And, you know, there's just no way around it. Like, you know, we will just always be men. So I think, you know, our, you know, our viewpoint will always be coming from the perspective of a man. But, you know, it's, it's, it's important to be on, on the good side of things. Really important. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, and I had this talk with my girlfriend, is like, you know, I don't know what it's like to be objectified as a as a woman, but I do know what it is like to live in fear of being a victim, mm-hmm. and not to get too dark, but I mean, I got the shit kicked out of me for years, mm. <laughs> and so when you live in, like, that's, but that's how a woman feels every, almost every second of the day walking right. on the street, but I don't think m- most men have that. Even if they they don't make that connection somehow of what it is like to be victimized endlessly. See, I think men are men are victimized in a in a way that is is different and but it society is is, is dictated uh, you know utmost secrecy and discretion with that um, out of a need to uphold a you know a completely antiquated uh, dynamic and. And that, you know, that entails a man just, you know, like what, what, you know, I got my shit kicked out as a kid, too, you know, for many reasons. Being chubby and effeminate is, you know, it's, it's a good time when you're in elementary <laughs> school. My God. <laughs> when there's nothing else to do on a playground, there's always that sissy chubby kid um, to just, you know, to pummel the shit out of. And that was, you know, that that that, you know, I, I, I know I know what that's like. And it. You know, and as a you know, as a man, as a man, is a five year old man, you're taught never to cry and never to like show emotion and and that creates a very very distinct character that is very much you know, a male trait. Um and you know, I mean women are you know, are are, are victimized, you know, endlessly and it is I th- you know, and I, I think there is I think there's much to be uh, accomplished when a uh, when a man can come forth and you know and any anything that is perceived as a shortcoming can actually be uh, uh, be put in in, in in a light of strength and I think that's 
that is like any sort of admission of weakness or being victimized in any way like in the past and to me is like well you just became stronger you just you know you just put yourself out there and said like you know you know what you know whatever whatever my buddies want to say about me saying this being too emo whatever like you know well you know what i own up to what my life has been and what has happened and that right there is i think the path to some sort of equality among the genders i think otherwise it's just you know it's cyclical but but yeah i mean i think you know i think you know there is a victimization with men and an expectation to be a certain way and it's men suffer from that as well i mean there's there's great suffering because there's you know an expectation to be you know just hard and you know you know my eyes are itchy i'm not really crying type of crap and it's it's just awful it's really really awful but i was trying to think if there was like more of uh, if this is because we're in Los Angeles, which tends to be a image conscious city, mm-hmm. or if this is maybe going on elsewhere in the world, and I just don't know, but like I feel like there is more pressure, maybe to, for lack of a better word, for men to uphold a certain appearance, which I don't feel like used to maybe exist as much. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I think that's I think the appearance is different though. There is now an expectation for. Uh, I mean, there, 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 there's always, there, there will always be like a mainstream expectation of how, you know, how a man or a woman is supposed to be. And I, I think, you know, the horrifying thing is that the expectation for women has been a lot more consistent throughout the ages. But I think now men are, uh, depending, I, I would say maybe, yeah, definitely in, in, in California, there is an expectation for a man to perhaps be more sensitive, more set, more aware to sensitivity and, um, you know, like a what's what's the right term? Like a demasculating, per, like potentially demasculating a a man in doing so. And uh, to me, that's completely uh, inaccurate. But I, yeah, there's, uh, I mean, there 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 really is just. I got. I suppose it could be regional. I don't know. I there. I mean, there were. We were actually, I was having a discussion with my friend the other day and, you know, we're talking about like, you know, what's, you know, what is it like to be a man? And, you know, and, and, and it really came down to like, you know, what to be a man is just really to, to not be a woman and to be a woman is to not be a man. And that, you know, and we can, you know, we can try to be more like this, more like that, more sensitive, like, you know, more acknowledging of our, of our emotions. But in the end, there will be traits that will forever be deeply ingrained in, and who we are and it's just a matter of being responsible with those traits like men can be very like just you know physical and you know potentially violent in a way that you know, women aren't generally and that is something that should just be controlled and acknowledged but you know by no means just you know you know treated as something that isn't inherently a male trait god it sounds so awful <laughs> I was I was very into what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh. but I was also thinking about the violent thing because I'm like, there's moments where I want to act out violently that I've been in, but I'm like, as soon as I throw a punch, I know I'm fucking done, so I can't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Doggy's violent. Doggy's violent. Doggy's violent. Um, yeah, I, I'm a violent person. I'm a very violent person. And I and I, but I don't, you know, I I don't show it in in, in day to day life because I, I, you know, I don't want to. I, you know, I've I've built a life around not being, you know, a a violent person in you know in reality. But my work is is violent. I you know, and I I love violence. I love violence. There is something very attractive about violence, um, and. I think a lot of people love violence too. Yeah. Well, you think about it like in a Scorsese film, like Goodfellas and stuff, it's like there is almost a humor to the violence. Like yeah. it's like it's thrilling and it's like I don't want to kick some guy's head in, but it's like it's th- nice to watch. <laughs> oh, like you know, God bless, you know, the the freeze frame feature on anything, you know, that you can just like, oh, see, I want to, you know, people make fucking <clears throat> screensavers out of that shit. Like, you know, that's it, that's 
that's natural to me. It's natural for you know for for humans to to seek out violence, even if it's in an, you know in entertainment and you know and people say, well, that leads to real violence and you know and and I I mean that is highly disputable because <clears throat> that would mean that everybody would be taken to the streets and. You know, I want to be like Kill Bill, so I'm going to lead my life like Kill Bill and just fucking slash people's throats with a sword. But it's nice to watch, and you get that fix, and, you know, you go home, and, you know, you don't have to be that. You don't have to do that, but there's nothing wrong with appreciating it and being like, you know, that is entertaining to me. Violence is a fascinating, entertaining, stimulating thing, and uh, and I... That I would say is probably the most consistent thing about what I do creatively. There is always a, a, a regard for you know for my, my unquenchable thirst for violence. <laughs> uh, I think that's my favorite quote ever on my show. <laughs> um, which though the one thing you don't put violence in is is your your pet. Portraits? Did I just? Yes. Which is another fascinating element of you, and I loved those, by the way. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, I oh, that's when, been a very it's it's a very strange thing to uh, to reconcile with you know with the, <laughs> the, the maniacal you know just darkness that I put into my you know my uh, you know my 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 other work. It, it it's it, it was born out of really. Uh, I would, you know, we were going to a friend's birthday party, and I wanted to create something for her that, you know, I knew she had a dog, and I knew she loved David Bowie, so I created this, like, you know, just this portrait of her dog as, um, you know, as Ziggy Stardust, and and I was like, I don't even know if I can do this, but it's this idea that I had, and it was just going to be like this birthday card, and ended up just turning into a portrait, so. She's like, I love this. I love this. Oh my god, you should totally like, you know, start a business of doing this. I'm like, hey, <laughs> because music doesn't pay. This might, and it's you know, it's and it's turned into something that I can like, you know, supplement like you know my income with in, in a significant way. And not that I don't enjoy doing it. I actually really do enjoy doing it because I love animals and I love uh, dogs. Are I would say are my favorite, except right now, barka barka. <laughs> Um, <laughs> come on, but like he, um, yeah, I, I, I love doing these, uh, these pet portraits. I, I love people who are into animals. I, you know, I love like, you know, doggy people are my favorite kind of people. And, um, cause you know, I'm a doggy person and you know, that's just not something you can easily explain to people. Well, I just love doggies, you know, just <laughs> leave me alone. Uh, so I, you know, the, 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 the opportunity to create the uh, you know pet portraits for for people is um, is exciting because it it means that they get to send me photos of their dogs and I love looking at them and I love hearing why it is that they loved love their dogs like you know I love hearing why it is that somebody called their little doggy pistachio and I'm like that is the cutest name for a dog ever that was like like one of my previous commissions <laughs> pistachio and Pistachio uh, was uh, made to look like a character from Downton Abbey, and I'm like, oh my god, this is! I, I was just dying. I was like, like just giggling the entire time I was creating the portrait because that's cute. It's really cute, and it's <laughs> it's just fun and you know whimsical, and it's something I relate to, and you know, I just <laughs> it completely makes sense with all the other weird shit that I do. It just somehow does. It somehow makes sense and. I tried to fight it for a while. I'm like, well, this is just other this other side of me that like you know likes playing dress up and you know <laughs> playing with dolls and whatever. Like, well, no, this is why sh why should this not also make sense? And and, I, and I'm I'm very fortunate that it has and that people have actually discovered my music through uh, through my my um, my pet portrait business and and it's always a little strange because they're like, hey, like you know, I saw like you know, by the way, I saw some of your videos and I'm like, oh god. What's <laughs> Like, well, you know, and it'll always be like something like that. We're interesting. <laughs> I'm like, let's get back to talking about your kid doggy. So, yeah, it's, it's nice. I feel like I, uh, when I saw those, I, I'm like, I've seen these before. So I've, somebody hit me to the. Oh, really? Yeah. Because it was, 
And I had no idea. But where can uh, we can wrap it up? Where can people find your music and the pet portraits? Uh, let's see. You can uh, find my music on uh, DorianWood.com. Uh, pet portraits, you can uh, find them through uh, Pet Proper, which is uh, the little business that I have, uh, at PetProper.net. Thank you very much. Thank you, man. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been nice. Thank you very much for listening to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. You're special people. I love you. You're wonderful. Please, if you can, donate to my show. Use the Amazon link. Use the Amazon link. Go to themattdwyer.com. See all things Matt Dwyer. And uh, hooray, life. I love you. National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. <laughs> the NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.